Alright, welcome to another episode of the Time for Some Action Podcast. I am your host, Niles E., alongside uh, DJ and Brother True. What's uh, going on, everybody? How you going, guys? How you doing? Can't complain. Long week. Yeah, a little tired. Yeah, other than that, uh, ready to get the show uh, going. Uh, how's How was you guys' week? Always nice and long. <laughs> Yeah, nice and long, nice and long, but all worth it in the end. Good to hear. And how about you, DJ? It was amazing. Amazing as always. Good, good. Uh, Looks like we're still waiting on Brother T to join us. He might be having some technical difficulties. Oh, there he goes. All right. Brother T, we were just discussing how our week has been going. How's yours, sir? Uh, hey, what's up, everybody out there? Sorry, it took me a little little time to get on. Uh, it's been a good week. Can't complain. Uh, just the usual, out here grinding just like everybody else. But uh, great week. I hope everybody, my, uh, my, my three nephews that's also on, uh, all my co-hosts had a great week. But uh, thank you for asking. Uh, how are you guys doing? Pretty great. good, pretty good. Can't complain. Good. Yeah. Doing great. As Grandpa says, better and better, so. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the only way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, this week we're going to kind of uh, let you guys take the wheel in terms of the show topics uh, like we discussed earlier. So... Anybody want to uh, kind of lead the discussion of where we're going first? Uh, well, well kind of coming from uh, coming from a sports cons or a sports uh, story. I think uh, really the surprising story this week was uh, the retirement of uh, Lamarcus Aldridge yesterday uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I never knew that he was, uh, suffering from, you know, uh, some heart issues and stuff like that. So it was surprising to hear. I, I remember seeing the story when I, uh, when I got up yesterday and then, uh, looked into it more and I seen that, you know, he had been dealing with heart situations ever since he got drafted into the league. I think he had an irregular heartbeat. So, um, you know, we always used to call him the the crooked man, but the crooked <laughs> man, <laughs> the crooked man had uh, had a fantastic career, and I was, you know, I was uh, happy to. Well, I'm happy to see that he was able to get out before um, you know anything serious happened. You know, because me and my uh, nephew uh, Niles Z, we come from the air where we lost uh, Red Lewis uh, for Boston Celtics and uh, Hank Gathers uh, in, uh, from the West Marymont to uh, heart heart problems uh, collapsing and, and essentially dying on the court. So I'm glad to see that, uh, that LaMarcus took the, uh, the route that he wanted to give up his career 
than to gamble with his uh, health out on the floor. So, uh, you know, big up, big up, big shots out to Mark. Uh, although he snubbed us that one year when he was a free agent coming out of uh, coming coming from Portland, he ended up signing with the Spurs, but he always has always been a um, a steady, consistent guy, and from what I've heard around the league from people that he was really a good guy also, so uh, that's just where I wanted to talk about today was, was uh, you know, LaMarcus uh, retiring abruptly. Yeah, it's a second that, you know, definitely one of those dudes I wish the Lakers that he could have played with the Lakers in his prime because in his prime oh boy he was unstoppable (laughs) he had the meanest mid-range the absolute meanest you know he was one of those bigs to where he could stretch it out to the three but he didn't necessarily have to you know so um, I'm just glad that he was able to figure out exactly what was going on early you know, instead of him, you know, collapsing out on the court or, you know, something tragic like that, you know, just happy because I'm sure he got a wife and kids, you know, to be able to live to see another day because at the end of the day, basketball is just a game. So, you know, at the end of the day, it ain't worth your, worth your life. So, you know, big ups to him. Definitely a Hall of Famer in my eyes, you know, even though he didn't win any rings. I don't think that necessarily matters as far as his career goes. He had a had a really, really good career, so. Yeah, bless him. He never had anything going on with him throughout his career, as is. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting question and a good topic for debate if he's a Hall of Famer. And I, I didn't even really think of it until you brought it up just now, DJ. But you got I you know what uh, on thinking back on his career he was Portland for a good stretch oh, yeah. until Dan showed up because Brandon Roy he uh, while great uh, he only had a short uh, time frame there imagine if those two would have been able to like uh, grow together they could have really given the Lakers some problems uh, in the day for sure but yeah it, it was kind of him holding Portland down after their whole incident with the jail blazers and that whole cast of knuckleheads. So, yeah. Yeah, Brand- yeah. yeah, like you said, Brandon Warren got hurt and then uh, and then Greg Olden got hurt. And that, those are supposed to be the two guys. Yep, and it was just it was basically just him and he was able to like kind of will that team to respectability until like uh, Dame and CJ eventually showed up and then he obviously moved on to San Antonio by, at that point but yeah uh, he uh, once he got you in that left block it, it was it was all over he was like as DJ said it, it was about as sure a thing as you can get in the post it was good night uh, yep <laughs> barbecue chicken <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, so definitely salute to, uh, as we say, the crooked man. Yes. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think this does for Brooklyn now? I mean, where does where does that put Brooklyn now? Uh, you know, he was he was having a uh, pretty pretty. He was fitting in quite nicely there. 
and uh, and he was bringing. I think he was bringing about 20, 25 minutes a night, averaging about twelve to thirteen a game. Uh, with with him being there, uh, what does that do for Brooke, uh, long term and going forward? Honestly, um, I think that let's see. So he was coming off the bench. Now is gonna, you're gonna have to see more DeAndre Jordan, or does DeAndre Jordan start? Not that I was, and not that I've seen so lately. Honestly, no. as a team, I think it just changes their game plan in a way, as far as uh, you know, because like I said, Lamarcus Aldridge, he's one of those bigs that can stretch the floor. So with him being out now, I, it, it kind of messes up uh, their game plan as far as what they was doing before, but at the end of the day, that that's still a scary team with four All-Stars. Wait, Durant? Nah, three All-Stars. My bad. Um, with three All-Stars, so, you know, at the end of the day, they're still about to be a, a great team. I just think that their game plan is just going to shift a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, I mean, were you really going to see him in the in the like last five minutes crunch time? Yeah. More than likely, no. Like their lineup is probably going to be those three: Joe Harris, and depending on situations, you might have uh, Jeff Green out there, Bruce Brown, something like that. Yeah. So, like it, it, during their crunch time, I don't think it hurts them too much. Like getting them through. The East, now that's a different story because if they have to run up against, say, Milwaukee, then uh, Philly to get to the finals, and you're basically asking uh, in the Milwaukee series, you're asking uh, Durant uh, or Claxton is going to be the guy to guard Giannis, and you don't want Durant if we're trying to deal with that. And then in Philly, they just don't have anybody. You could, even with DeAndre, they don't, even if uh, Marcus was there, they wouldn't have had anybody to really uh, uh, consistently put a body on Embiid. So that's just going to be trouble right there. Yeah, because you see yep. what, uh, what Drummond was able to do to, to them this week, this past weekend. Take that man into retirement. No, I'm playing. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> they had no answer for him in the post this weekend. So, um, yeah, I think even with uh, with Lamarcus, they would still have had trouble uh, with the bigs uh, in the post. Period. Uh, I, and I think without him, they're for sure going to be uh, uh, hurting with uh, with bigs down low for sure now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Philly, Philly's going to be a really tough matchup for them. If you want to be completely honest, I think, um, like you said, Philly is a bad mat- matchup uh, for them. And also, Milwaukee is a, is, isn't a nice matchup for them also. Um, I think this team reminds me a lot of the Clippers of last year. Of Literally, you know, it just seems like they just tried to get the most talent that they could. You know, um, not necessarily the most balanced, you would say. Um, I think as far as offense goes, they're balanced, but there's like completely all around balance. Uh, 
you know, I think they just tried to surround him with the best possible player. So um, I think just like the Clippers of last year, how the Clippers were just strictly preparing for the Lakers and was looking too far ahead, it's definitely possible Brooklyn could get knocked off. And get tripped up, yeah. They have so much trouble with the Knicks. I, I was just about to say, we got to talk about the Knicks, though. Julius Randle dropped 44 tonight. <laughs> yep. The Knicks are nice. Man's on the warpath. The Knicks are nice. I think they're honestly two players away, and they're top three in the East, if you want to be completely honest. As hard as they play, Tom Thibodeau over there, you get you get two solid pieces, It's it's nasty. The thing with the Knicks, though, is specifically with Thibodeau, is he's going to run that team into the ground. Like, they got a shelf life of two to three years, and then they're going to be shot. The thing is, they're, you saw, they're so young, though. He did the same thing with the Bulls. Yeah. That's with the Bulls, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he but was, I, I think it they, just depends on the caliber of player. I honestly imagine, – imagine a Zach Levine – or like a like a Jalen Brown over there with that same squad because Jalen Brown he destroyed the Lakers last night, you know. And that dude, it seems like he's getting he's one of those players that's um, sneaky good. You know, it's like sneaky <laughs> good because he's so young that he's not in like you know none of the top five necessarily top ten conversation. But he dropped forty last night, so you know he's. He's not nothing trash. He's, you know, he's, he's explosive. He's quick. He, he's a three-level scorer. You know, so I think somebody like that over there—that that could be that could be pretty scary in the East. Yeah, he'd be nice. I, he would be nice with the Knicks, but you know what? Uh, his forty last night—you uh, you know how I feel about that. If if AD and LeBron was there, they couldn't have. No, nah, he 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 killed the Lakers when they was playing too. Yeah, they didn't I, win. They didn't win, but he killed the Lakers. That, that, the thing with that though is that he's gonna have to be playing defense on the other exactly, end. When, exactly. when yesterday, who was he were having to worry about uh, as a real threat on defense? Exactly. So. Yeah. And I mean, always, but once they play the Lakers, when they play the Lakers, he doesn't really guard. He doesn't really guard any of the main players. The Jason Tatum, you got Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is taking most likely LeBron, so that means Jalen Brown is guarding who? KCP or Kuz, maybe? Well, no, no, because remember last year, LeBron hit that fadeaway on him for the win. I think that was that was later in the game when they switched, though. But early on in the game, uh, Marcus Smart is probably going to guard him. So Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown is a problem. You know, he's one of the players that we we don't talk about much because he's so young, but he's a problem. But he's also, to me, he's a regular season problem because I, I, he puts up big numbers in the in the in the regular season. Then come playoff time, he may put up, he may have a nice 25, 26 point game, and then he's gonna follow two or three games with like 12, 14. Yeah, yeah, he definitely oh. got to prove himself in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's that. Until I see that, and how how long are we gonna keep saying that the Celtics are young? They've been young since LeBron was in Cleveland, and that's and true. <laughs> out of Cleveland, but, they, but if you think about it, they Jason Tatum is still young. They, 
I was going to say, you know what? They're coming to I actually got excited. You got to remember that. Right. A lot of these dudes are barely seniors in college. They're barely, like, technically one year out of college if they were to stay all four years. Yeah, but... Like, R.J. Barrett, like, R.J. Barrett, right now, he's barely a junior in college, I think. I know this, but let's not forget. Let's 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 not forget that, that Kobe was winning. He was winning chips in his... In his would have been senior year. He was yeah. Portland and beating Indiana with big game shots by this time. So we can't keep using now, but, but we but, can't keep hold using on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. But guys. do you think do you think any of these players I'm not I love Kobe. Absolutely love Kobe. Do you think any of these players have a player next to them like Shaq? No, absolutely not. But they have good players next good, to them. but not Shaq though. But let's oh, oh but let's let's look at all the way around. Let's look at Boston all the way around from you know them having Kyrie, them having Isaiah Thomas when he was really good. Marcus Smart is not young. Uh they had Al Horford. I mean they had veterans around him. They not Shaq, of course not. But I'm talking about but those pieces, those pieces you just listed, they do not compare to a Shaq, not even a bit. We I'm can't even mention them in the same sentence. That they do compare to Shaq. I'm talking about that they've had comparable pieces. In that, so you mean to tell me that Boston shouldn't have made it to the finals in the last? Let's say, okay, LeBron's last year was 2018. We're going. We're in the 2021 season. So with Kyrie being there for for two years, right? Was he there for two years or just a year? Yeah. Yeah, was there two. Well, I was about to say, was he really there though? Yeah, Kyrie is one but of the that, players that, that did not build him. But that's that's that. I mean, we we that that's not our problem. Yeah, yeah. And and, <laughs> and you know, last year, last year, who did they get lose to? They lost to an uh, underdog Miami Heat, where uh, you know where they didn't have to worry about. Yeah. They didn't have to worry about no, no. really no pressure, no home court pressure, and they no, that Miami, uh, Miami yeah. Heat team. And so, I, I, you know, I'm just well, saying wait, that Miami Heat team, like yes, and they're they young. Weren't, they weren't. Those they guys weren't are as young. good. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. That Miami Heat team is not as good, but we got to put at some point, we got to put some respect on Miami's name because who did they go through to make it to the finals? That's what I'm saying. So. Miami was young too. Their core, Harold. But nobody on the Cel- nobody on the Celtics is Jimmy Butler though. So you saying Jim- saying uh, Jason Tatum is not as good? As no, Jimmy- no, no. I was gonna say defense. Uh, are we talking both sides of the ball? Wise, no. We talking? Are we talking about just all around Jimmy talent? Butler, Jimmy about- Butler was cooking us in the finals. A couple we games. talking about talent, talent wise, talent wise. So. I'm so taking, if you want to be that, completely that, that. honest, if you want to be completely honest and I'm building a championship team, I'm taking Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum. In this state? Yeah. I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, as a, as a leader, as a as leader, leader, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Leader, but, he can but, get buckets if he has to. But, we, but you just, you're kind of contradicting your argument. You just said that, oh, uh, Jason Tatum would only be in his senior year in college. Yeah, but 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 you'll take you'll take Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Bu- he's seasoned. Him. He's been in the league for how long? 
Yeah, well, Jimmy Butler's been in the league ten years, so we know what his yeah, ceiling he's, is. Yeah, he's right? We do, yeah, we know what his ceiling <laughs> is, right? Yeah. Compared to, compared to Jason Tatum, where he's only in his in his fourth year. And, yeah, that's my and, argument. We would be a young. senior in college. Yeah, that's, that that's my whole t- argument is that he's young. Yeah. Okay, that's the only argument. But talent wise, and and where he's going, you're still taking. Uh, Jimmy Butler over, so if over I'm, if I'm, Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum. So if I'm building a franchise for the future, I'm taking Jimmy. I'm taking uh, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. If I'm trying to and win you a got championship, hold on, hold on. If I'm trying to win a championship this year, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. Okay, well, uh, yeah. If I'm building out a franchise, I'm taking those two. I mean, the hype on Jason. But if I'm trying to go win a championship, I'm I'm taking Jimmy Butler over both of them. Yeah, I, I, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because look what he look he he beat the Celtics. They beat the Celtics, and who's the who's the uh, Jason, who's Jason the, who's Tatum's underperformed. Yeah, 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 Bam Bayou was the one that won. Yeah, that Bam, yes, Bam, Bam is nice, say. but without Jimmy Butler, who is Bam? Who is Miami? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly, honestly, shoot, without Jimmy Butler had nothing to do with that one finger block though. Dude, I, we're talking. I'm talking. With that, take Jimmy Butler off Miami. Are they making it to the finals? You telling me Bam is taking no. them to the finals? No, no. But if you put Jimmy Butler, no. if you put <laughs> Jimmy Butler on on, let's say we let's let's put him on let's put him on the Knicks. Yeah, with a bunch of young talent, yeah. you think he's going to the finals? I'm liking that team. Yes, I, I wouldn't say necessarily the finals, but I think the way that they play this year. I think they would make some trouble in the East for sure, without they, a doubt. Would, but it's the same type without of a doubt. it's the same type of thing. But I think if you put I think if you put Jason Tatum on that Heat team, they also make a lot of noise. They'll make some noise, but because. yeah, they would make noise. They would make noise, but to me, who who would you rather have guarding LeBron, Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum? Well, Tatum's not and as man, good a I'm defender. We know that. I'm not talking just offensive talent. I'm talking like the whole, so, the whole shebang, both sides so, of the ball. Because to me, so to me, one thing, Jimmy Butler, he performs so well on the defensive end that it makes up for some of his lack of offense. To me. So the thing that I want to bring to this uh, discussion here is. Is it solely Jimmy or is it just what they do in Miami? Because you could make the argument that, yes, Jimmy is nice. I'm not taking anything away from him. But they've been uh, running the the same uh, operation down in Miami where whoever they got down there, pretty much you're going to get maximum effort and maximum uh, their maximum talent out of when they're going to ship you up out of there. Because... Remember, it was a bunch of ragtag dudes that was there not too long ago, and they were pushing for a playoff spot. So, in Brother T's scenario, let's say we switch Tatum for uh, for Jimmy, put uh, Jimmy out in Boston, and Tatum with that. Uh, as I hate to even say it, but the Heat culture and all that. Do you think he ups think his game teams, and ups it to another I think level? Teams would get better. Potentially, I think Boston would. I think Boston would get better with that trade. 
I, I if you want to be with, honest, I agree with the Miami culture thing because we also seen Jimmy in Minnesota with the talent that they had there, and and they were getting but smashed. but cat all them dudes right. over there were soft though, huh? Cat and all them they was all soft. <laughs> yeah, but they had talent, but they were soft. We not we not talking. We talk about leadership, right? Leadership, right? Uh, we talk about leadership, and if leadership is is there, it's go it's go turn other guys into dogs. So what do we call? What do we call now? Because talent wise, talent wise, Cat and Wiggins, they had uh, um, what, what was Teague when he was worth something. Uh, no, just Adam uh, Wiggins okay, is okay, better. What about talent? What What's up with him this year, though? It's like Who is that? like Cat is one of them players. Like Minnesota's one of them 14, teams. And those 40, dudes over there soft. They're soft. Yeah, but and but that has nothing to do with Jimmy Butler. That's why they clash hands. That's why they clash heads because he's not a soft player. Talking like about that. leadership, right? LeBron didn't went everywhere. LeBron didn't went. You mean to tell me he didn't have dogs everywhere he didn't went? No, I'm not. No. Now I'm not what? saying Jimmy Butler's LeBron. Now I'm not saying. Yeah, that. we talking. We talking leadership though, right? That's what we was. We was talking with Jimmy. Is leadership? Yeah, he's be, he's and, a better and, leader than Jason Tatum. We can't bring LeBron into this conversation because he's on a whole yeah, but, other level. But, but, but that's what we talk. We talking about leadership, right? We're not talking about. We're not even comparing talent. We can we comparing the leadership factor and. We can't say when things go good that Jimmy is a leader. When things go good, oh, he's great. No, no, and no I'm, not saying he's go, a, I'm not saying when he's things like going the to the alpha toilet, dog. Oh, it's, uh, it's the other guys are soft. We can't do that. He's not the alpha gotta, dog only leader, but to me, he's more seasoned than Jason Tatum. He's been through more in the league than Jason Tatum has. And you oh, can't yeah. knock that. So it's like when it comes, I'm not I'm not trying to argue that. that Jimmy Butler is the most the best greatest leader and I would start my franchise with him. No, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is between Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler, nobody else in the conversation. If I'm looking to go win the finals, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. And that's where we just agree. Because if that was the case, just like you said, if that was the case, you know, a young Tatum to a young Kobe, what was what's going on? You know, so now you're like on the you're you're like on the Jason Tatum bandwagon. But I'm saying the dude is still young. He's still young. (laughs) Yeah, not ready for that. He's still young. But we've seen what he's done in the playoffs because this actually all started with Jalen Brown. But we've seen Jason Tatum put up numbers in the playoffs numbers and give people the work so uh i i would be willing to go out go out on the limb with jason tatum even being young right now because jason tatum has that it factor also now defensively you know you say what you want to say defensively nobody plays d in the league anyway anymore anyway and to be honest with you but if you want to go there, cool. If you want to say that Jimmy Butler's a better defender, cool. But but all around talent, where it comes to just getting you buckets and up upstart, I'm still going with Jason Tatum over over um, over him and J- and Jalen. So why do you think Boston didn't make it to the finals in this year? This year? Yes. Or this past year. This past year. Last year. Last year. This past yeah. year. 
it wasn't it wasn't uh Jalen Brown's fault. I mean it wasn't Jason Tate. Well, part of that was like hey, you hate to bring up injuries, but Kemba was a shell of himself and so was Hayward. And it was basically just uh Tatum and Brown and whatever they could get out of Marcus Smart up against Miami. Like I think a healthy Boston last year, they probably beat Miami, but like Miami was hot and Bam was playing out of his mind and Kemba was giving them nothing and Hayward was giving them nothing. You take Hayward that uh, Charlotte was having this year, put him on that uh, Boston team along with uh, what we know Kemba can do. That could have been a problem right there and like as much as I hate to admit it, that would have been I don't think they would have beat the Lakers, but they would. It would have made the finals a lot closer. So, from that perspective, I say a healthy Boston last year probably gets by Miami. It's not as easy as how Miami made it look. Great points. Great points. Great points. Yeah. So that uh, I I I. Uh... I like that little spirited uh, back and forth. That's, <laughs> that, that's some of the stuff that we need every once in a while. Because, yeah, I uh, I I enjoy hearing other basketball commentary. So, uh, yeah, this is it's it's um of course it's always what if what ifs what ifs, but it's always good to bring those uh, condescending points to the table. Uh, Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Niles. What do we have anything else that we want to bring up on this topic? I mean, we started it with some Marcus Aldridge, <laughs> so how we got <laughs> Jimmy Butler versus Jalen Brown. So I don't know how we, I don't know where we're gonna spin off to next. But uh, yeah, I mean, real quick before we touch on the Dodgers, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on. Uh, AD's impending return. They're saying he could be back uh, for Utah. Not tomorrow, but maybe the Monday game. So what's your thoughts on that? They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see uh, about... ah, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day. I just want to see about five to ten games. Five to ten games to give them some time to, you know, get in game shape, get back in, uh, get back rounded in the form, and uh, and and that'll be all that I need to see. Um, I don't want him to rush back trying to play 30, 30, 35 minutes, you know, trying to get out there and and prove prove himself, prove his worth and stuff. Just get out there and get your feet wet, and then you know get about a good five to ten games of uh, uh, in in game practice, really, and then get us geared up for the playoffs. So that's all I want to see. Yep, I definitely second that. Um, I think just having him back, even if it's uh, for uh, fifteen to twenty minutes a game, I think it's a great time. Playoffs starting exactly a month from today so um, wow. exactly four weeks out you got Bron probably coming back within the next two weeks um, 
And I think, you know, with this team that they have, um, they won't have to turn it up, you know, first round uh, necessarily. They, they, they can if they have to, but I don't think they'll have to. So I think, um, you know, just the thing about any team with LeBron is as long as they're healthy, I'm not betting against them. So shoot, where where things are at right now, I think we play. Uh, I think we play Denver. Yeah, and that's exactly today, what I'm so saying. Hopefully, we're not gonna have you know with Jamal Murray getting injured. We're not gonna have to. Uh, of course, we're gonna have to respect them, but I think Drummond could definitely manage Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just ready for an AD that don't gotta oh, be man. afraid to get a board. That that's what's really about to be scary. Oh yeah. I think that's the. That's the main thing about like <laughs> me being a hooper and watching Andre Drummond is that dude is a beast on the boards. Like he 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 makes it yep. so difficult. Even the rebounds he doesn't get, I feel like they should still give him a stat for it, just for making it hard on the other squad. So you add in somebody like AD around that and LeBron, oh god, that fills in that void we was missing from Javale and he's he's uh, Javale Dwight. Dwight in in one plus some. Plus some. Yeah, together. Because Javel <laughs> couldn't play in the playoffs. Yep. And Dwight couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Plus having... Plus having Ben Nakamura, too. Yeah. That's it's looking... Yeah, it's looking nasty. We're going to have to go to a it's game for sure. Just let fans back in. It's time to go. I can't wait to see what Bron can do with him on the open. It's right time three. for the playoffs. Go to a game or two. That's a good idea. Yeah, uh, that I am definitely excited to see. I mean, uh, uh, seeding wise, if they stay right around this spot right now with the fifth seed. Let's say fifth seed you go up against, or fifth, fourth or fifth seed you go up against Denver, and not to disrespect them like we mentioned, but especially now without Jamal Murray, I don't see that being more than six games. Then you got uh, the one seed, let's say uh, Utah holds on to that. That actually goes into your favor. I think uh, Lakers match up just well with them. And then you got uh, the showdown more than likely with the basement dwellers after that. So it was <laughs> just perfect right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that would line up if, if it can stay and stay right there uh, for right now. So I'm hoping that's what ends up happening. So we can so we can finally get the real season going. Uh, healthy and and ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right. And anybody want to comment on it? Anything else, Lakers or NBA wise, before we move on to the next no. topic? Cool. So I know, brother T, you wanted to check in on the Zool real quick and how they've been doing. So. Uh, I haven't. I checked the game real quick, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Of course, the fathers are going to be playing over their head today. But aside from that, though, I've been pretty impressed with 
how the Dodgers have been doing so far. And the pitching is right where we need it to be. And the hitting, that ain't even uh, uh, gotten on track like Noah can. So uh, what's your take on that? Uh, pretty much the same thing, you know. And it been, has been great. You know, a couple uh, slip-ups from from uh, uh, Kenley. Uh, but most part, we yeah. uh, we are we are right where I expect us to be. Like you said, the uh, the, the fathers are of course playing over their heads, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Of course, all these regular season teams, we'll see them when it really counts. And you know they're going to lose a couple games here and there, but uh, you know, we haven't we haven't really seen Bell at all this year. Uh, he has already missed about five games, and still we're right. We're at the top of the standings right now for the whole league. So, um, I um, I am uh, definitely pleased with the way we started this year, and just got to keep it up. It's a long season, so you know, just staying healthy. You know, hopefully the the. The C nineteen bug doesn't bite us anytime uh, during this season. If it does, you know it's at a minimum. So, um, but this, this is what I expect to see. You know, uh, we're very deep pitching, very deep uh, uh, rosterized. So, uh, I don't expect anything less from um, from this squad this year. Uh, just just keep on trucking and keep on pushing through this long season. Hopefully we can get a timetable on yeah. Bellinger. Yeah, think- it, it was a hairline yeah. fracture. Yeah. 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 So, let it grab. I mean, we got more than enough to make up for him. I just look at their lineup and I'm like, man, yeah. they 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 damn near are uh, all-star roster, you know. Um, Mookie, of course, led by Mookie. Then, you know, uh, Muncie, you know, he, he's, he's made an all-star appearance. Uh, then you got uh, Chris Taylor, who's been, who's been, uh, who started off kind of slow, but he's starting to get going now. Of course, Corey Seager. Then you got, uh, you know, we got to get Gavin Lux going uh, at second base. Uh, but you just look around, look around, and, man, there's so many bats. There's so many arms. It's just it's crazy to see the immense talent that this, uh, this group has been, uh, has been blessed with and what the front office has done. Um so I, I just I'm I, as a Dodger fan I can't ask for anything more. Actually, both the Lakers and the Dodgers I can't ask for anything more. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So I know you want to uh, hit on uh, Kevin Samuel's there, uh, brother Tree now. <laughs> I got to admit, like, I was sitting here this afternoon. I was like, I don't know too much about this brother. So, 
this is pretty much going to be a learning experience for me. So I'm going to let you take the wheel on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just so just for our, our listeners, uh, Kevin Samuels is basically, he's basically um, the role that he's taking right now is like a life coach for um, some of these young women and young men who are trying to uh, find themselves in a in a good position in their relationships um and basically what he's recently gotten big on um is him with specifically with uh females he'll go on his lives and um you know he'll basically break down he'll break down what a man wants and sees what their expectations are of a man and you know he'll get back roughly he want they want like the top 12% 12% of men making $100,000 a year plus um, while they work no job. And that's basically his whole thing is he'll get to that point and then um, to the masses, they kind of take it as as a, as him degrading women. The way that he speaks, his tone does get kind of wild at times. <laughs> Um, however, it's like the stuff that he says is pure facts. It's like, it's pure facts. It's, it's common sense. I mean, I know we're blessed to come from a good family where we don't have those kind of issues really. Uh, But it's like, it's crazy to hear some of these women on here who are expecting these high profile men who are you know, corporate executives, uh, m- millionaires, billionaires, you know, and expecting nothing from nothing from them. Meanwhile, you have a you have a woman who's not doing anything, don't know how to cook, don't care too much to clean. Um, you know, don't they want to put themselves in that old, old role of a they stay-at-home want, wife? They want a traditional but, man, but they don't want traditional women. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, he's gotten a lot of heat recently about it. Um, I'm gonna say, and he actually had a, a podcast with Joe Budden today. And basically him breaking down his points and everything uh, that we just spoke about. Um, but I just wanted to ask you guys if you've heard heard of him, listened to any of his lives, uh, and what you guys think about him. Oh, um, well, I uh, I definitely am a, a, um, a big-time follower of uh, Mr. Samuels. Um, I came on to I stumbled onto him a couple months ago uh through another guy uh named O'Shea Duke Jackson who he's kind of like the leader of the what they call the Negro Manosphere where it's basically content for black men and uh black male issues you know um and I was watching some of his stuff and he kept plugging this brother, Kevin Samuel. So I decided to go over to his channel and watch, start watching his stuff. And and 
the stuff that he was talking about is the stuff that, you know, me as a young man, what I was thinking in my 20s and uh, about a lot of the, and, and it wasn't nowhere near as bad as it is now. You know, I always speak to my younger nephews, yeah. uh, which is uh, true. And, and DJ, I always speak to my younger nephews about, you know, what kind of, you know, what are you looking for in a young lady? And, and what is, uh, what are some of the qualities and, you know, some of the stuff that they've told me, uh, I really didn't realize until I started listening to, uh, uh, Mr. Samuels, you know, a lot of these young ladies and, and it's, and it's really because of what they've been taught from ladies in my generation where, you know, that you don't need no man. You can be independent. You don't need, you don't need, uh, nobody, you know, you can, you can get out here and have hot girl summers until you're 30, 35. And then, uh, and when you done having all of your fun, then a nice shiny <laughs> armor go come and get you. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, cause you know, especially with these young brothers, my nephew's age, my youngest nephew, nephew's ages, they not having that no more. They not like how, you know, my generation was where we essentially, you know, where we was, we came up in the, in the color purple, color purpling and the, as Kevin liked to say, the color purpling and the waiting test exhale uh, society where basically men were just uh, basically we were just told that we was doing everything wrong and and the females did everything right and the art the young men now they're not taking that they're saying look you know why am I gonna why am I gonna accept somebody that's you know 30 40 pounds overweight why am I gonna accept, accept somebody with a you know a child from another another relationship? Why am I going to accept somebody that doesn't cook and clean? I can either do it by myself or I can go overseas or I can, I have a lot of other outlets um, than to just settle for, you know, less than what I deem valuable. So that's, uh, that's some of the things that Kevin really talks about and really, really brings to light. And what he also brings to light is a lot of these stereotypes about black men, you know, uh, 64% of black men are in the middle class. 51% are um, single with no children, but you would never know that. You would think every black male out here is either gang banging, rapping with a bunch, with 50 billion gold teeth in his mouth and, and uh, you know, <laughs> out on the box slanging the gangs. <laughs> And, uh, you know, or in jail or living the, 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 you know, the alternative lifestyle. But um, in reality, it's not like that. It's a lot of young uh, and, you know, older brothers like myself and my oldest nephew, Niles E on here, you know, brothers that establish in their career and they not married, but they but they aren't going to settle for. Um, for less than what they have worked themselves to put themselves in a position where they can earn uh, and get the uh, the best that they can. So I um, I 
love what he's doing because he's putting really putting a uh, a onus and a mirror on the black community that we got to do something we got to do something different because what we're doing right now relationship wise is not working and it hasn't worked since the 60s mm-hmm. and uh you know in the 60s we were married at an 80% rate uh before 1965 and now uh one in four one in four black women will end up being single uh and and so one will get married and three will end up as kevin so so uh rawly puts it three will die alone so um you know i'm glad that he's out here really putting the on and the mirror on the black community because sometimes you need that harsh that harshness to wake you up because if somebody's always spoon feeding you and saying Oh, everything's okay. Everything is fine. You don't do nothing wrong. You ain't never go change. If somebody comes out and says, "Hey, man, you effing up. You need to do this. You need to do that, and make a difference." And that will a lot of times make people uh, think about, "Oh, well, maybe I need to do something different because what I'm doing is not working." So. Uh, I I I love what he's doing, and I encourage any any brother out there and young ladies uh, and anybody to listen to Mr. Samuels because he's bringing bringing definitely the uh, the the uh, funk to the table. Uh, DJ, have you heard of it? Uh, this brother to be able to make a comment on content to uh, make a comment. I think you know, what fella and my uncle said, uh, they pretty much summed it all up. I, I think you know, just going off of just commentating off of what my uncle just said, um, I think the men of nowadays we got we got a lot of blame also, though. You know, and I think this is a this is the time that we realizing that yeah, you know, the ladies do got you know some part of it, but also the men do too. You know, because the way we talked about in the past couple episodes of the hip hop game, you know, um, the people that fund hip hop, they they want us black men and you know just all all any man of color to be distracted on the wrong things and then to not be thinking of building a family building an empire you know and i think uh this at at this time a lot of men are starting to realize you know of what that rap what that rap game was trying to get us to do focus on strippers and throwing cash and being stupid you know now we switching into investments and realizing that hey you know yeah it might be fun to mess around with five different girls but you know what maybe it's right for me to just settle down with one lady because then my my life is less hectic and that's the whole goal you know to just live a, a less hectic life so um that that's just my comments on that uh i will I will, I will say something uh, to that. I, I I definitely agree with my nephew. We do, uh, as as men, have to take some of that onus. But I will I will say this: that uh, men, in particular, black men, have been taking that onus for the last fifty years. What have they been What have they been saying about us? Is that 
you know, we're, we we deadbeats. We don't, uh, we, we baby daddies. We don't want but to that, be married. That's, that's and, what programmed us to be. You know, and we're we're breaking yeah, and, away from that that programming. Finally, I'm gonna say, well, the you know, thing I is, think within this last year of COVID, especially, um, a lot of us are realizing that we've been in this loop that we really haven't been controlling ourselves. We've been being told what to think, how to think, what to do, when to do. You know, not really controlling ourselves. Yeah, and the and the numbers, and like I said earlier. The numbers actually don't don't uh, speak to that onus. Like I said, that you know, sixty four percent of black men are are in the middle class, and fifty one percent are uh, single with no children. So, uh, you know, the onus has always been put on us as black men, but now we have a a you know a brother. And really, like I said, that movement of the black manosphere that is really pushing back on that uh, the <laughs> the color purpleization uh, of of uh, our image, where we just around here having four five baby mamas, we uh, we whooping ass constantly. We running around here like Mister, just just whooping everybody's ass and. And, uh, and 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 trying to have have sex with everything that moves, and we know we know absolutely that that's not uh, right. That's why we'll see we'll see the Dusty brother a lot of the time in the hood where he'll have 25, 30 kids uh, himself. That's because you know uh, the they sleeping with the same Dusty brother. And a lot of the times, the the blue collar brother and the brother that goes to school and and tries to uh, be different from everybody else, uh, they consider him the nerd or the uh, he's not the he's not the cool one on the block. They'll consider him as uh, you know somebody that's not even worthy of uh, getting a, getting a ch- uh, shot when they in their early 20s. But once they've been ran through by Tyrone and uh, Daquan and all them, all the Dusties around the neighborhood, then they be looking for the brother that has been the straight arrow, straight lace brother. And, uh, you know, he's done good for himself. Now they, they'll be looking when they in their 30s and mid-30s saying, why there ain't no good men out here when... The good man been right there the whole time. It's what Kevin Samuels is doing. He's saying that you are got to put onus on the choices that you make, and and if you choosing, if you choosing the, you know, I'm sorry, open your legs to uh, Tyrone and Daquan and 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 Nook Nook and all of them that don't come crying, don't come crying and saying that uh, you. Um, you ain't been able to find a good man out there. Hell, I I know from personal experience, you know, uh, a lot of good brothers out there that have uh, that have tried to, you know, get in certain relationships and 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 hell, they've been called corny. 
they've been called uh you know you think you you think you white because you speak properly or you ain't got enough swag in your 20s and then when you come along in your late 30s and early 40s now hey what's up you get the hey big head text so yep want to say one thing uh my fault. Sorry about that. You know, say uh, one thing that Kevin Samuels was saying is you can't go crazy in your twenties and then come back out in your thirties and forties like your value hasn't gone Absolutely. down. Especially Absolutely. In, especially because in this society. I, I, I'll ask my brothers this on the panel: Do you want a female that got a high body count once they once it's time for no. them to settle down? I'm very territorial. How you say? No. How you say it? No, territorial. Sir. I'm like a dog. I'm like a dog. Territory. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just, like I said, to, to, you know, to stick back on the brother, you know, it's just, a, it's amazing to me uh, to see, you know, what some of these young ladies think about brother, about blue collar brothers. I mean, like, you get a brother that's making, first of all, this is what one thing that Mr. Samuels also says that, uh, you know, the average man makes about, uh, split the difference, 45 grand a year. Black men make 42 and white men make 50. Uh, if you get a brother making 70 to 80 grand a year, uh, he's already making two to three times normal what what the normal man makes and to hear you know a lot of these young ladies young ladies and older ladies mid-aged ladies uh come on here and literally laugh at blue collar brothers saying that 70 to 80 grand a year is not enough for them and they working they working in a damn floral shop or they working at walmart and they say that men making 70 to 80 grand a year ain't enough for them and then you start asking them questions. Well, how much do you think it would take for you and and this man and and you know you want to have two to three children? How much do you take think it would take to live in California? Uh, well, uh, I don't know, uh, ninety grand, ninety grand, and, and and Kevin just absolutely breaks them down to you know. How, you don't even know how to be a housewife, let alone you want to dictate what you know. You want to dictate what a man is doing and and what he should be making, and you don't even know how to be a housewife. Do you? And 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 then when somebody says that, look, I uh, I'm good. I'll uh, I'm gonna go ahead and slide over here to the Dominican Republic, or I'm gonna slide over here to. Brazil, or I'm a slide to, uh, you know, some of these different countries, or I'm a, I'm a weigh my options in other places, and then, and then, you know, you start to get the what Kevin Samuel says, the sign, shame, insults, guilt, and need to be right. Where then, if you want to be something different, then, uh, well, you can't talk to women like that because your mama black or. You uh, or you gay because you don't want you because you don't yep, have a, what they feel is swag and and stuff like that. And it's just the these are the things that he's exposing 
and absolutely eating up, eating up these straw man arguments that have been prevalent in our community for the last 50 years. And I'm just glad that somebody, you know, essentially has had the balls to do it because a lot of these things, us as men, that, uh, you know, that's in, you know, corporate society or we in, uh, you know, we in, we in a workplace, we can't say these things. We can't say these things because if we say it, then, uh, you know, it's misogynist. It's, uh, you know, it's it's taken as bashing women. And it ain't nothing about bashing women. Like, I got a daughter and I believe in, I'm going to show my daughter these clips when she, I listen to it around my daughter right now. And I tell her all the time, hey, this is, these are the things that you should be looking in and looking in for a husband. Because, you know, these are the things that a man is going to be looking for in you. And I'm sorry, he ain't going to be looking. A real man is not going to be looking for, oh, uh, what degree do you got? Because men don't care, care about degrees. We care about you being fit, feminine, feminine and friendly. Those are, you know, you got to be you got to be friendly and you got to be feminine. You know, we we don't want to come home and. And we hearing, you know, somebody in your ear barking in your ear. No, we want to come home to peace. As long as you got a sandwich on the table for me and and you quiet and, you know, we can engage civilly. That's all I need. That is very, very educational. I will say that. I, I just, I thought the brother, honestly, was the brother that was the relationship coach that got in trouble with hooking up with, with so. I didn't know. Derek Jackson. That's like his. Uh, that's like his high. <laughs> because because <laughs> Derek Jackson was basically doing what everybody else has done. Done, you know pandering and 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 uh he's uh he's been on the other side of the 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 atmosphere and and you see what happened to him matter of fact he you know he tried to question brother kevin's uh uh sexuality uh because he didn't agree with him so he was using some of the same tactics that uh some of these uh young ladies that disagree with him uh, was using and and he was out here, you know, doing the most himself while trying to call out another brother. <laughs> so, uh, oh no, that's yeah. that's not him. And I would encourage you to listen to Brother Kevin. And uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna stun some ears, especially some female ears. But you know what? What they have to do is listen to the content in full and not by clips. That's what a lot of people listen to is by clips. And so, of course, if you use clips, it's used to, you know, clickbait, essentially. But you got to listen to the brother's full commentary because he has like a, you know, two, two and a half, three hour show a lot of the times. And, and uh, you know, you'll hear some women, you'll hear some women that can't stand him. The, but the majority of the women out there. They're like, you know what? I've never had nobody put this to me like this. And you know what? You're right. Other women have told him that 
you saved my marriage. Other women have said that I've gotten engaged because of you. So, I mean, obviously the brother is doing something right. Let me go. Yeah, and his his, uh, his, uh, actual uh, first uh, three years worth of shows was uh matter of fact he has he has he has a live going on right now and he has twenty four thousand people in his live right now um but his first three years of uh his first three years of shows were all about uh uh all to men and it's all it was all about being the better the best man that you can be so he's not saying that you are are uh got it you're a dusty brother and you should be getting you should be getting top-notch females being uh, a dusty brother. No, he <laughs> says that you got to have your stuff together too. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So I know. I know there was one dude. He was like, "If you're you're five three, two hundred and fifty pounds, you don't got a job. What kind of woman do you think you're gonna get?" <laughs> Good point. No, I, I that I, I would say that this conversation as a whole has been very informative. I do like uh, some uh, some stuff I'm hearing for sure. I do want to kind of piggyback on what DJ was mentioning earlier, and and you as well, brother T, and that uh, as the fellas, we can't all we can't just say that we don't do anything and we do everything perfect. So. And I know my wife, she's listening to this podcast as well. She's going to be like, well, what do you got to say, brother? So I, I just want to say, yes, I I definitely agree with some of the uh, points that I'm hearing about this, brother, in terms of making sure that it, it ain't just, uh, it's not a one-sided thing that, uh, sisters, you got to definitely come correct. And not uh, yeah, just looking to sponge off the dude, but at the same time, brothers, you definitely got to support your sisters and not just leave them out to dry. And and basically, uh, as as some people say, go for the snow or go for the for the others uh, out there and just uh, degrade our, our our sisters. That that's one thing I don't like seeing out there right now is it's just a uh, bass from the sisters because uh, we we shouldn't yeah, be about yeah, that. yeah you want me to uh mm-hmm. go ahead so, yeah he's, he's, he's say, uh, the one thing i get out of oh not bad uh, i was gonna say one thing we shouldn't all get out of that is, is there should be accountability amongst all parties at all times you can never be be lacking if you're gonna commit yourself to something to a real relationship. Exactly. No, but I'm definitely going to check out a couple of his shows just to, to get up, to uh, see what it's all about. It definitely does sound yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You want me to uh, go ahead and go on to the last topic now? Mm-hmm. Alright, Yeah, do it. Uh, if do you it. can, so go yeah, ahead and jump on into that, DJ. Um, I had told everybody to go ahead and check out this podcast. Of this black man turning two hundred dollars into twenty three million dollars, I hope everybody tuned in to that because it was definitely powerful, definitely powerful. And just wanted to share a couple notes that I took from it. Um, so just a couple things I took from you know the podcast was one of his biggest uh, lessons was to build on stability. So build your business off of stability. 
So, um, you know, just building, building a business that, um, you know, is going to be stable in any type of economy anywhere in the world. Um, just something that people need be build your, build your business around people. Um, that's, that was my second note. I actually didn't even mean to say that exactly, but it's exactly what I just said. Build your business around people, you know, don't, don't go out making businesses trying to capitalize people uh, on people you know build businesses around making people's life easier and uh you know sky's the limit at that point um another another point that i like that he made was building a great team because um each of us can only do so much alone you know once you get eight eight like-minded people in one room with one goal you know that's powerful um my next thing that I like that he said was yeah. uh, get to the point of firing yourself. Um, yeah, that's one of the things I had. Uh, he was uh, mentioning that is that he was confident enough in himself to be like, hey, if I see somebody else that can do this uh, better, I have enough. Uh, exactly. I have where my ego isn't big enough to be like all right you can go ahead and and run this and, and, yeah, yeah. and so, succeed i know, definitely like just, to see that like just like now said not having that ego is the biggest thing um just realizing some businesses that man took 200 dollars and built it to 23 million dollars you know and he and he, he wasn't able he realized that at some point you know i'm only capable yeah. of doing five million you know, but if I spread the love and I get a team around me, we could do 23 million, you know, and we could spread the love and we all happy. And at that point, you're firing yourself, realizing that, um, you know, say you're not the best marketer, say you're not the best, you know, you're not the best in, um, you know, for example, for this podcast, say you say you aren't the best at coming up with topics. You at that point, you realize that and you outsource. You outsource and maybe you're the better talker, you know, so then mm-hmm. you're you're just executing on what you're best at. You you playing your position. You know, that's all it's about is playing your position. Um, and then another thing that I like that he said was getting your uh, getting your numbers audited every year and having a great accounting department. Um, I think, you know, I wanted to say necessarily just black people, a lot of people that don't own businesses are scared to make more money on the simple fact of taxes. You know, and I think for for, for that to be your reason and not want to uh, build a, a big business, I think that's extremely ignorant, you know, to, to be scared of having to pay more taxes, you know, because all these corporations, everything around you, all these people, they, they pay taxes, you know, and we can all figure out the same way. And just like from my last point, being able to fire yourself, None of us are accountants, you know, but I bet you what, if you make enough money, I bet you could get you a good accountant that is able to tell you exactly how to move strategically to where you're paying little to no taxes or whatever. You know, if you're the type of person that wants to pay taxes, so be it, you know, just get you an accountant. Um, But another cool thing that I like that he talked about was knowing your company's value. Um knowing your you knowing your company's value e uh, mm-hmm. so the acronym is yeah that's, e-b-i-t-d-a. yeah that's the one I was gonna say. 
So that stands for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So um, when you're, the, the whole goal of building a business is for at some point being able to fire yourself, which means either A, selling it, B, hiring a CEO, something of that sort, you know, and in order to do that, you got to, you got to know what you bringing in. Because you would take uh, the e, the EBITDA, you would take that and say you're um, selling a e-commerce business, and you know you contact a broker and say, hey, I'm interested in selling my e-commerce business. I sell shoestrings, you know, and they say, okay, well, in your in your same category, we had five other e-commerce business able to sell at five x their EBITDA. Uh, which is the E-B-I-T-D-A. So that tells you right there, okay, I just got to take my earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, you know, and go ahead and multiply it by whatever, you know, whatever the number is, three times, four times, five times. So if you're bringing in 10 million, you know, you multiply it by four, you're able to sell your business for $40 million. Um, The next point that I like that he made was, um, let's see, where'd it go? Actually, I think that was it on those notes. But um, just to just to bring it all together, um, the, the the thing I want to talk about this week is really just knowing what we um, as people are capable of. You know, just like that man was able to do it. The whole point of me having everybody go watch that was for you to get, you know, some type of uh, feeling in your heart that you could do the same thing, you know, because at the end of the day, um, we, we're all capable of it. If you can see it, if you can feel it, all that you could you could do it. You know, you see you see somebody driving down the street in a Ferrari, you could do the same thing. You see a big old, you see a big house up on the hill, you could own that same house. You know, we just got to learn how to um, how to start how to stop trading our uh, our time for money. You know, that's the biggest thing is because you, you'll you never become a millionaire off of trading your time. You know, the whole goal is to buy your time back. So um, for this week, I just want everybody to, um, to sit back and really think about, you know, their possibilities of their life. You know, it's never too late, whether you're 40, 50, 60, whatever. It's never too late. You know, it's never too late. And you're literally just one product away. Whether that be you selling something, you providing some type of service, you one product away of changing your life and your family's life. So, you know, just let that set in and realize that we can all do it. Okay, definitely, definitely for sure on that, right? It's funny you should say that because, you know, me uh, at, uh, getting close to 40, didn't finish school like I wanted to in college. I've actually started applying to go back to school in the fall. I don't know how much I plan on doing, but yeah, it's been a, there's a couple things that I want to do with that that'll hopefully enhance the show even more to grow it into a bigger business than what 
we currently got going on right now. Like as of right now, I've loved doing the show with you guys and getting the word out and having these uh, different uh, talks and discussions. But I do want this to eventually grow into something more. And I figured, uh, why not jump back into school, take a couple classes on business, learn a couple things in the telecommunications field, and can definitely expand my uh, expand myself nice, that way nice. as well. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting, though, I'll tell you that much. Just looking at all the stuff I got to (laughs) do to get back into school (laughs) and trying to divvy up my time and to be able to focus on that and everything else. But uh, it'll be worth it in the long run, I think. Constant constant progress. Look, this is the last thing I'm going to leave you off for the week. First stuff's the most important. The moment you stop learning, you start dying. Let that set in. The moment you stop learning, you start dying. Every single day, we should be focused on learning something new, getting 1% better every day. You know, because every single day, that time clock is ticking. You know, you don't want to waste your time here. You know, make the best out of it. And with that... That's a great way to kind of put a pin on this one, since, since uh, Brother T is is been booted out for some strange reason. So I think that that might be a sign that it's about that time for us to sign off. But before we do, uh, any get anything you guys want to kind of start nope, prepping nope. for next we'll week's show, or just kind of play it by ear. judge out the week and uh, let you guys know what I got All on right. my mind. Sounds like a plan. Alright, so for Brother T, who's off in the internet sphere somewhere still trying to connect, this is Niles E signing Bye, off. Uh, peace out, fellas, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep, yep.